Welcome everybody to another episode of Mind Mastery Education. I am your host, Drew, and I have today with me uh, someone quite famous on TikTok. <laughs> She's got around 160 or so thousand followers, and she goes by the tag, The Weirdo Coat. Uh, welcome in Lola. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be on the podcast. I am ultra excited for today's podcast. Um, I think that what we are about to cover today is extremely undercovered and needs to be talked about more. So I think today is going to be a really good episode. Yes, I'm looking forward. To, I'm like just so excited to because we've been talking for a, a little bit. So I'm excited that we finally get to sit down and record this tonight. Yes, it's been like what, like two or three weeks in the making now? Yeah, it's been it was just like, again, the ADHD of like, oh, wait, no, I double booked myself. No, something came up. All right. Well, um, in this, basically what I plan to do today is I'm just like, I have probably about, uh, I'd say like about 20 questions, but we don't have to go through all of them, but we'll kind of see how it all plays out, um, depending on time and stuff like that. But we could split it into an episode or two, uh, depending how long, um, we're kind of discussing the different topics. Sounds good. All right. So today's topic, ladies and gentlemen, is all about women and ADHD. I think this is mm -hmm. like super awesome because I feel like, and I think Lola can agree with this, that it is extremely underrepresented um, mm -hmm. and that we, we definitely need to talk about it more. So today what we're going to talk about is we're going to discuss the lack of women-focused ADHD research. We're going to talk about how ADHD is different in women. Mm -hmm. And how hormones can affect ADHD symptoms uh, in women, because it's definitely something that doesn't get talked about a lot, but is uh, something that there's a lot of questions asked about. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so we're we're gonna go over that today, and I guess we can start off with the lack of women-focused ADHD research. So let's let's get a little bit about your story, Lola. So who are you? What do you do? And uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, as we prefaced all of this, my name is Lola. Um, I am a little weirdo Canadian, and that's part of the reason why my tag name on all social media is The Weirdo Coach, because I always grew up being the weird one, the different one. Um, and instead of using that to try to be like everybody else when I decided to jump into coaching, I was like, why not make this, you know, my branding and embrace it and wear it on my sleeves and just run with it. So I am an ADHD coach, which means uh, first thing first, I do have all of the ADHD myself. Uh, I have the combined type, which means I have the hyperactive, I have the inattentive, I have the impulsivity. Uh, I, I hit the jackpot. I hit the jackpot in the ADHD lottery. <laughs> and I got diagnosed uh, a little bit later on life. I was diagnosed when I was doing my bachelor in biomedical science. 
And I got myself diagnosed because my parents were like, oh, no, it's everyone's like that. You just have sometimes to sit down and study. And I'm like, yeah, I I tried that. It's <laughs> not working. So um, I got myself through student services and I got diagnosed by a, neuro um, a neuropsychologist as well, having ADHD. And ever since I got diagnosed, I kind of got obsessed with ADHD and researching it and understanding it, how it kind of makes your brain tick. Um, and with my background in science, I had the privilege to be able to read actual scientific studies and understand how to read it and comprehend the results and all of that. So I've been using that for the past couple of years to be able to keep up with everything ADHD. And that's kind of that love of ADHD and starting to talk about it more and more in my story and how I got diagnosed and what I'm doing to help myself. Because my whole thing is, it's not about working against your ADHD or hiding your ADHD. It's about working with it. What are the desires? What are the impulses? And try to work with that to achieve whatever goals you're trying to achieve. Um, and talking more and more about it, I realized that there's a lot of people <laughs> that needed to hear those things. And that's what made me kind of jumped to um, ADHD coaching because with my, I've always had some coaching skills in my back pocket. I was always the tutor in school, the team captain and all that. So um, I decided to really dive into the coaching world of ADHD and really kind of focus all that I've learned um, through my own uh, experience through friends experiences through research and I also have a bachelor in product design which is all about finding what's the problem in people's life and creating products which can also be services tailored to that particular problem for those people so mixing that with my background in science um, really made me double down into being an ADHD coach. And I've been doing that for two years now, really helping people with their struggles of what's going on with ADHD, either if they're diagnosed or not, and help them figure out what part of their ADHD is kind of slowing them down and how to work with it and figure out tips and tricks to, um, I don't, I feel it's like a weird word to like empower them because it's been overused, yeah. but to really kind of um, show them that they they have the resources and they have the ability to do whatever the hell they want, even though a lot of the time with ADHD, people were told like they're slower to learn or they're not as good as other people to kind of like you have problems and that's it and you have to deal with it, which is not necessarily true. It's about finding creative solutions for your own kind of brain problems things yeah that's true because like we always you know everybody with adhd kind of is still learning about things right because it's still mm -hmm. something that's always being researched but i think that yeah. a lot of people with adhd feel misled almost by mm -hmm. um you know the thought or the the pushed thought of you can't do anything because you're too slow or you're this or yeah. that right like it's not the case. We we already know this that like there's just we just tick different than others and 100%. we just have to find that different that different way of doing it where we can actually uh you know engage our brains cuz it's not that we're you know especially in these types of cases where we're interested mm -hmm. in learning something it's yeah. not that we're not interested it's just that we we don't know where to start I think cuz there's so much going on. 
It is. And the systems put in place to learning these topics or skills were not made for our brain or our type of learning. And that's often the problem is that we're trying to fit in a mold that was never made for us. And instead of figuring out how to kind of take a chisel to the mold, that's what I want for people to be able to do rather than trying to bend yourself backward to fit in a mold that you will never be comfortable in and you'll never be able to thrive to your full potential. Um, instead, it's like, okay, well, let's reassess what's the actual problem. <laughs> like, you, right. it's not that you want to do it exactly like others. Like, what are you actually trying to do? Okay, let's figure out how to do that with your brain. And you're going to do it pr probably better than you thought you could. I think that based on all that uh, information that you gave to us, like based on your coaching background, science and all that, I think it sounds like you are in a pretty good position based on what you're doing to, to help those people because you understand a little bit of both sides of it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's super awesome. You know, in, in a community where we are growing every single day, I think that this is needed because there's a lot of new ADHDers out there that are still mm -hmm. just brand new learning and probably some, I don't like using the word depressed, but to be honest, because, you know, they're depressed because they don't know where to go. They don't know who to talk to their families mm -hmm. don't believe in it or you know yeah. things like that and they just don't know where to go and then they start scrolling on tiktok and doom scrolling and yeah. they catch you right mm -hmm. and that's that could be their saving grace there is where they you know they catch you and they can start watching some of your videos and understand you know what you do and mm -hmm. maybe you can actually you know um get them out of that rut that they've been stuck in since they got diagnosed i mean yeah you got to think of it too, right? Like it doesn't happen to everybody, but when a lot of people, when they get diagnosed, they have that skill regression because mm -hmm. it's like you, you feel like, oh my God, like all of the things I've ever done, like everything is ADHD. Like what is going on? Like, no, ADHD is not you. It's, you still have a personality. You're still mm -hmm. a person, but ADHD is a part of you and you need to learn to, you know, grow and, and, you know, continue living with that uh you know it's it's not something that's well as of today anyways it's not something that we can cure but it's things that you know we can do to improve it and kind of live with that on a daily basis so i think that a lot of women unfortunately and we're going to get into that in a sec but mm -hmm. a lot of women unfortunately um just because of upbringing social you know situations and things like that are are kind of suppressed from it and have mm -hmm. to mask like mm -hmm. crazy because you know oh my god you're different you know what is this uh, you know why are you behaving this way it's that's not how we're meant to be like woman or man it doesn't make a freaking difference mm -hmm. it should all be the same freaking thing like in in terms of and not the same in terms of like how we behave and stuff but just it it should be the same in terms of being diagnosed you can yep. go in as any gender. It doesn't make a difference. Walk in and get assessed and yeah. not have to worry about, you know, oh, well, maybe they misdiagnosed me because I'm a woman, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's stupid. But that's that's a huge part of the problem as well is because, like, most of the criteria to be diagnosed are, again, old mm -hmm. as old. <laughs> you know, like, uh, they're old as heck. And they were created and studied only with young white boys. Mm -hmm. That was it. And those are still the criteria that are used to this day 
to diagnose and the same they have the same problem when it comes to diagnosing people with autism mm -hmm. and autistic person especially autistic females get less diagnosed because a lot of the traits it's like oh you can hold eye contact therefore you don't you're not autistic, right. um, which is not the case. The same thing with ADHD. It's like, well, you can sit down and have a normal conversation for X amount of time. Therefore, you don't have ADHD. So there's criteria, especially when you're like to the age of adulthood. Right. It's like, well, I lived all my life being told to sit down and to pay attention and to when you don't do something that's correct, according to whatever society or systems you're into you're getting told that you can't do that. So, and it makes it difficult to get diagnosed because a lot of those criteria are not meant for that. And another right. thing is for female brains, because again, I'm very, um, I'm very pro LGBTQ and non-binaries mm -hmm. and all that. So for me, it's how you present yourself and how you were raised right. uh, have a huge influence of your chemical in your brain, but also like what you were taught as a society to behave. But the way that ADHD presents itself, especially in like female brains, is that it's the hyperactivity is not going to be outward. It's going to be more inside. It's going to be the hyperactivity of the mind, right. which is why it's harder to catch in kids because the kids are not going to be like running around and being loud and all that. Mm -hmm. They'll just like their brain are going to go a thousand miles an hour. They might have more anxiety. They might have more like um, trouble with keeping up with conversations and stuff like that but other than that it's not gonna disrupt the life of other people and that's the kind of really really shitty part about diagnosis is a lot of time you don't get they don't catch you because you're not if you're not making someone else uncomfortable yeah and like honestly like even in school when I was growing up like there was a couple like women in my class that I could definitely say like thinking about it now like they mm -hmm. definitely had ADHD because they were so scatterbrained they were super quiet and they were just like literally thinking in their own thoughts all day like you could tell that they were just trying to yeah. figure out their own brains and stuff like that and like it, it was just chaos to them whereas for me as a kid I was a lot more hyperactive now as an mm -hmm. adult it's all in my head like it's literally full brain explosion 24 seven, but mm -hmm. you know, it, like as a kid, it was definitely uh, hyperactivity. Mm -hmm. How does this gender bias in this case um, in research impact the diagnosis and treatment of women with ADHD? How, how would we quantify oh, this? Oh, it's massive. It's crazy. I was because some some research paper are actually like gathering people and gathering, you know, information and data and stuff like that. But other research paper that I found were about gathering all the other research paper and finding like um, a common ground or identifying like common data throughout the sheets. So one of the research I was reading recently that absolutely pissed me off is when they started to do um, research about ADHD. At first, they included um, women in their studies, um, but they started to notice that 
their kind of throughout time, if they had the same amount of time, the same amount of people for the studies, the women, their data that they would get were kind of a little bit all over the place because of their hormones, because there were different places in their cycles. So instead of being like, oh, well, we'll address that and we'll add that as a variant to be like, okay, well, depending where you are on your cycle, we'll adjust like the data that we're getting. Because um, women's cycle are generally around like 21 to 28 days. And it's going to vary as if men, the cycle are dailies. You know, it's like the mm -hmm. daily thing is the same thing day in, day out. Yep. So instead of being like, oh, we'll take that into consideration. And for the women, we'll kind of adjust it. They just went like, oh, let's just not use women. Mm. They just literally discarded women from studies in ADHD because it was kind of fucking over their um their data which yeah. is absolutely infuriating because those there's not a lot of study on ADHD especially in adults so the fact that they knew that the the hormones were affecting the ADHD kind of data that they were collecting and then instead of being like hey this is interesting you know that those hormones are affecting some way how ADHD is like lived for these people, they went like, no, it's just it's it's too much. It's too complex. It's that's it's ruining our data. We were not we're not getting something, you know, streamlined. So they just they just ignore it and took out the women from the studies. And it's was done a lot back when they first started to study ADHD, which was not that many years ago. Right. Um and since then there hasn't been research made specifically for women in ADHD. Yeah, that's that's really aggravating and frustrating and right? I, I'm not even a woman. Like that yeah. actually frustrates me so much yeah. because like how how are you supposed to understand how the fuck your body works if mm -hmm. you have ADHD and you're a woman when there's been absolutely zero fucking research about yeah. how your hormones and that's like that's I don't want to say young, young, but that's a young age where like that starts to really take place and like yeah. really changes your They're brain teenagers. chemistry. Yeah. Like you're what the that's so fucked up. Yeah, I know it, it, it pissed me off so much when I read that. And on top of it, they 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 knew because of they took away the women from the studies, they knew that it, like the hormones were affecting the ADHD symptoms, but they have research that shows how hormones affect ADHD like sexual hormones how they can mm -hmm. affect ADHD or portion of the brain that ADHD has a has a place in they mm -hmm. have those research and they they have that we know that because of the cycle women are going to react differently but then they they didn't do the research to connect the dots to be like okay but how though how does is like slowly but surely um i saw some study come out but they have different data about when your level of estrogen drops there's certain your your ADHD might be worse but that's specifically more for people that have the impulsivity traits that if you don't have the impulsivity traits it might not be as bad and there's like so much it's starting to emerge I've even had some people in my comments on TikTok saying that the week before their period because the um their hormones are dropping, mm -hmm. their doctor started to prescribe them double dosage of their ADHD medication because that week their ADHD medication did not work. Mm. 
Like it's crazy. It's work. It's work. It, your ADHD medication works. And then all of a sudden during the month, you have a whole week that you're taking your meds and you having, I call them nope days, you know, mm -hmm. like you try to do something and all your brain is like, nope, nope. You're like, I just went to nope. Mm, <laughs> nope. But imagine Not a whole week of that. Today. <laughs> yeah. A whole week of that. Just, it was, you're doing great the week before, but for a whole week, your brain is like, mm, no, thank you because of your hormones. But then nobody talks about it. How the fuck do you plan? Oh, when you, you like there's a whole fucking week out of your month that just absolutely gets shot down because your meds stop working because yeah. of hormones. Like, yeah, there's okay. actually two weeks out of the month because there's two phases in the menstrual cycle. There's like the there's like the luteal there. So like different they go like the hormones go up and down and up and down. Mm -hmm. So every okay. time they crash your ADHD gets worse, but that it happens twice during the month. It happens the first time, like right before ovulation, it crashes mm -hmm. to kind of free the egg. So there's a couple of days before ovulation, you might ADHD get worse and then mm -hmm. you'll be fine. And then the week right before your period, then it's going to get worse again. Damn. Yeah. So you like, if you, the one thing that a lot of doctors, that's their, um, not quick fix, but to be on birth control. But there's mm. so much side effect to birth control. There's so much danger to birth control as well. And again, I'm not a physician. So right. if you have questions for birth control, talk to your physician, talk to your pharmacist. But it's kind of silly that our hormones are kind of not to blame, but play a huge role in how our ADHD is like be in our body and the solution is like well let's take more home hormones you know let's yeah, just take let's just more completely throw it even more out of whack awesome yeah yeah let's just take more so that we can just regulate so the same level is always in your body and then that could mean that could mean the complete opposite too right that can mean your meds just don't work ever yeah, well, it's it, instead of having drops in your levels, your levels are steady all through the day. Because most, uh, if I like the traditional, like the like birth control pill, well, mm -hmm. you're taking one a day. So it's like every day, a little bit like men, their hormones, it's like always in a 24 hour cycle. It's going to be the same right. thing for these hormones. So you're not going to notice as much change. So this is why, like, when you start taking medication, if you're already on birth control, well, your hormones levels stay the same, so it's easier to see which medication works for you. But if you're having these switch, you might need to switch. Um, and we all know just the, finding the right medication for ADHD is um, an adventure in itself. So on top of that, with the hormones, with changing hormones and all of that, it's um, it's fun. It's, it's great fun. It's a, a full-time job, basically. Yeah, I just I actually just started my journey on medication about a month ago. Mm. And uh, I, I, my doctor started me on Vivance, and mm -hmm. what a freaking difference, man! Holy cow! Oh yeah, the quiet in your head—you're mm -hmm. like, this was available all along, and you guys were lying to me, saying everyone's like this. Mm. I quite mm. literally bawled my eyes out when yeah. it kicked in, and I like realized that everything was quiet, and I yeah. like didn't have thoughts for once. Yeah. And my wife just kind of like turned around and looked at me and she was like, are you okay? I was like, actually, I'm great. Like, yeah, <laughs> I feel fantastic. Like it, it was just one of those aha moments of like, mm -hmm. holy shit, this is what I've been dealing with all this time. Yeah. It's the realization that something else was available all along. And especially when you're like 
you know something's wrong and you're kind of asking for help and people are like, no, you just, everyone's like this. You know, the kind of typical dismissal of like, oh, everyone's a little bit like that. You just have to tough it out. And then yeah. you take the pills and you're like, wait, what? No, you guys were lying. You know what absolutely drives me absolutely fucking batty about that is what? I got diagnosed at seven years old. Mm-hmm. And I just started taking meds at 33. That's insane. And like, it's to no fault of my parents, to be honest, because my parents aren't doctors. And mm-hmm. like the doctors back then just didn't fucking talk about it. Like they literally, I remember getting diagnosed and then the papers mm-hmm. getting handed to my mother and basically be saying like, here, deal with it. And mm. my mother didn't know how to do anything with that. Like she basically tried to talk to my doctor about it. And he basically was like, yeah, most young boys are like that. Like, it's it's a thing. And, mm. you know, just tell them to knock it off and stop being hyper. And it's like, yeah, that's not really how it Ugh. works. Um, no. Until, like, and, like, school was horrible because of that. Like, I never, I could yeah. never fucking focus in class. Unless it was something I actually was interested in. And then I excelled mm. at it fine. But, like, into mm. my adult years, starting to work... I never really mm. noticed it at the beginning because I think I was just so overwhelmed all the time that I yeah. was at a constant level of chaotic panic all the time. Um, mm-hmm. But then I start, I, I've been at my current job for like 13 years. And mm. I think that because I've gotten better at my job, I understand my job and everything is good. Like if I'm doing good, I should feel better than I do and I shouldn't be Mm. as unorganized as I am and things like that. And I started to click in watching TikTok videos that like, maybe it's just like my ADHD is getting worse because I Mm. always knew I had ADHD, but like, it was like, oh, well I'm managing it. So whatever. But like, I never really was managing it. I think I was a little bit in denial maybe, but like, Mm when I started like really getting into my work and I was really doing better, but realizing like, fuck, I keep me, I keep missing deadlines, you know, Mm. like, uh, I'm never on time for a fucking meeting, like any of that stuff. Like it was just so (laughs) brutal. And then I talked to my doctor about it, um, a month ago and he was like, do you have like all your paperwork still? I was like, yeah. He's like, well, send it to me. Let me take a look at it. And he literally reviewed it and he was like, yeah, he's like classic, like, combined ADHD like you mm-hmm. you definitely need medication like and he's like your ADHD is like really bad like I don't know how you've been living like this your whole life and I was like mm, thank you God. um but like as soon as I started taking it like I I've been on it about a month like my job mm. feels so much easier now like it's just crazy mm. but like to to take that away from women yeah just because you don't understand how fucking hormones work or you're trying to understand mm-hmm. how hormones work. And then you decide, oh, fuck it. Let's take it out of the fucking, you yeah. know, DSM-5. Equation. And s- just screw it. It's just going to be young boys and we'll just mix it together if something happens. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. That's no, mind-blowing. It's, it, it's absolutely insane. And that's the kind of not ang- like for me makes me really angry because, again, medication is only accessible to people that are like formally diagnosed right mm-hmm. and they're followed by a doctor it's like it's like if the highest level of kind of support medically that you could have is like that there's so much 
holes and like you're dropping half of the population because right. you don't have the proper support what happens to the other part that like they don't even have access to either medication for financial reasons or they don't even have access to diagnosis for other reasons and you don't have access to medication right like how those are even less understood and that's why a lot of women are going to be diagnosed later on in their um, 20s, 30s, or even later. It's because, like you were saying, we get really good at masking. Like mm -hmm. You get really good. You find your tips. You find your tricks, what works for you and whatnot. But when you start to get into a higher level of stress and you kind of have to make your own, like there's no more there's no more training wheels on the bike. Like there's no one holding your hand for anything. You have to be in control of everything. Well, the more anxiety you have, the harsher your ADHD symptoms are going to be. Like it's a kind of a vicious yep. circle. And then the harsher your ADHD symptoms are, the more anxiety that gives you. And then it just goes round and round and round. Um, so a lot of people that are going to get diagnosed later on in life, it's because of those reasons. They get into a phase that's a little bit more anxious and they start to kind of not lose it, but lose the grip on their anxiety, like their ADHD control or management. And then that gives them more anxiety. And then the ADHD gets worse. And then it just gets all over the place. And you're like, maybe, maybe there's something going on in my brain. And that's when they get diagnosed. Yeah. Like but it takes a lot. I've heard, I've heard a lot of like women in my life that like are talking about this now. And it's like, I didn't realize until very recently like based on like other people talking about it that like literally they have adhd like and they just didn't realize because you know oh well i'm not a little boy that's super hyper um you know so they don't see that mm -hmm. hyperactivity in themselves so they're like oh i can't have adhd like i'm not hyper but yeah people need to realize that it's not just hyperactivity. It, uh, it can be in the brain as well, where you're you're hyperactive in the mind, as we like to say. Yeah. Um, which is. Yeah. And there's some of them that don't right. even have hyperactivity. Exactly. It's just inattentive type. And that's the, that's the kind of very frustrating part is through diagnosis as a kid or as an adult, a lot of the time, if you're not in crisis or if you're not disturbing other people, they don't see the necessity That's in diagnosing Yeah, because they're like, well, you're not bugging anybody, so. Yeah, and like, you're not, you're doing fine. You know, you have a job, you have friends, you have a partner. Like, why do you think you have ADHD? Like, you're doing fine. You're like, you don't even know yeah. what's going on in my brain. <laughs> what is like, happening? <laughs> like, do you want to talk about it? Yeah, do you want to talk about it? But because you're not in crisis. Um, you don't necessarily have access to help and support, which is absolutely insane. Like you would want to have access to support yeah, before you absolutely. go to crisis, you know? But, that, yeah, yeah, that's, that's like, insane. I don't know. That's just, it's nice to talk about it with somebody else because like, I, I always think about this, like, mm -hmm. you know, on my own when I have my 75 million racing thoughts is like, because people always say like, yeah. you know, women's research for ADHD is almost non-existent. And I'm like, how... How do mm -hmm. these women live? Like, I, I don't understand. Like, even me now, like, I, I, I'm trying, I'm mm -hmm. struggling to understand how I survived this long, you know, not being medicated. Because now when my meds wear off, I get that flood of thoughts again. And I'm like, holy shit, this is loud. Like, how did I live like that? Like, I, I don't yeah. understand it. So, 
Oh no, it's, it's so demanding. And then you're so tired and you don't understand why you're like, well, thinking takes a lot. <laughs> That's what my therapist told me. I'm like, sometimes I'm just so tired and I don't know why I haven't done anything. She's like, you've been thinking since you woke up this morning, like just thinking yeah. takes a lot of energy. <laughs> like, what do you mean you've done nothing? And like, you've been overthinking for yeah. like 12 hours today. That's a lot. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, that's true. That's true that it's a lot, but it just asks so much energy to be overthinking like that all yeah, the absolutely. freaking time. So in, in like this segue almost, um, in terms of differences in ADHD symptoms and diagnosis within women, um, what maybe are some of the symptoms of ADHD in women that are often like overlooked or misdiagnosed? Um, where there's so many things, because a lot of the time I feel like women, we are better at masking. So even we get so good at masking that even ourselves, we don't know that these things are happening because we're so used to um, even kind of gaslighting ourselves to be like, no, but it's fine. Like it's everyone's like this. So I just have to, you know, hold my tongue and uh, just do my thing. But a lot of the time, these symptoms in women are going to be more on the anxious sides and feeling like the racing thoughts and being kind of overwhelmed um a lot of the time i'll see it too because adhd of course there's the thought process that is impacted but there's also other comorbidity that can be linked to it um or like other issues that you can have if you have adhd you are more prone like for example to struggle with depression to struggle with anxiety um and there's a bunch of things like that one of them for um, ADHD is also to be um, hypersensitive. So that means any stimuli, any like the sound, noise, um, taste, the pictures, light, anything that all, one of your senses can catch, um, those can quickly become overwhelming. So especially if you're super tired, especially if you are, um, you've already had a big day and you're at the end of the day. I that's one of the experience that I like to talk about. And you see when pe someone has ADHD, they're like, how are you in my brain? I've never told anyone this. And like, how do you know the experience of going to the grocery and being so overwhelmed that you are ready to fight the next person that's next to you because of the lights that are so bright, because there's so much information everywhere, because there's people that are talking too loud, because people are too close to you. And then I don't know about you, but here is the winter time. You're with your winter coat inside and then you're warm and then you're uncomfortable. And it's all those tiny things. And then you become so overwhelmed that your brain shuts down. And all you can think about is like rolling in a ball and crying or just fighting someone. Like it has to, you just want yeah. to like zombie mode. And that's very, very common with ADHD because when you keep hiding and you keep um, masking your symptoms, well, instead of addressing it, why you're feeling that way and finding solutions, you're just trying to push through. So that just makes it harder and harder on yourself until you're burnt out, until you're overwhelmed, until you're um, hypersensitive. And then you just have to shut down because you just overstimulated yourself out of doing the groceries out of I see it a lot, too, with mm -hmm. moms with kids, the touch being touched all the time and then you get a point and drink that it hurts to be touched and it can be the lightest little mm -hmm. touch but it hurts when people touch you which is the weirdest thing to explain to someone be like if you touch repeatedly the same spot on my skin yeah. it will hurt like it would feel like you're scratching me even though you're not 
So these are kind of more internal, but they're so easy to hide. And they're so easy to just tell yourself, oh, just push through. Like, yeah. stop being a baby, you know? Just, you just Everyone does the grocery. Everyone goes to the store. Every, like, it's so easy to kind of rationalize and try to minimize what you're going through in your experiences. So a lot of women just don't even know that that gets to be part of ADHD. The management of emotion is part of ADHD. Being mad all of a sudden can be a part of your ADHD. Like, it's crazy how much things go into that and we're not even aware of it until you really start to dig deeper into adhd that it's more more than oh i'm late for a couple of things and ooh, i just think a lot it's like yeah but also i get mad for no reason and i just like the lights are too bright and sometimes sound is too much and i have to like it's so many things yeah. that comes into play um, but the more you learn about it, the easier it is to validate your experience because yeah. you're not crazy, <laughs> you're not alone, and you're not the problem, exactly. more importantly. Uh, I think that's a very important message to, you know, everyone, um, especially women, though, because, you know, I, I feel like they're almost being hidden from the research, which is embarrassing, in my opinion, but... Mm -hmm. um, I'm not a medical professional, so, hey, medical professionals, get your shit together, mm -hmm. how about that? <laughs> mm. yeah Basically. like please let's start some things out here because this is starting to get a little bit ridiculous we're in fucking 2024 let's get this <laughs> shit started right like we can go we can take pictures of light years away but we can't like understand half right. of the population like, in their come adhd on. come on oh man um i think this one uh, it really segues into the qu the last question we just asked but how does societal expectations and gender roles influence mm -hmm. the perception and management of adhd in women ooh that's a good one i think the I think the hardest one and something that I deal a lot with um uh, most of my female uh clients is about the nurturing aspect of what is required for women a lot of the time or how we grow up like kind of the the pressure that's put on to women to be nurturing to take care of others so a lot of the time whatever needs you have of what desires you have your worth and value comes from taking care of other people so in order to do that you have to kind of shove down what you want to do or how you feel to be able to take better cares of others. So as we do that and as we learn to do that all through our life, even when we're little girls, that means that those feelings of I'm feeling uncomfortable, I don't like all those in like discomfort that you get to have because of ADHD, you're not going to voice them because in your head, there's not as important as being able to do your job. And that transfer to and doing your job at work, at doing your job in your relationship with your friends and families. Um, it's not just about nurturing, like if you have kids and you're, right. uh, you're a parent, but it's more in the fact of like, if you have a partner and your partner, like, oh, they had a bad day at work, automatically your reflex is to shove down all your whatever's going on, even if you're overstimulated, even if you're like, shutting down you don't have a lot of energy and the good thing would be for you to rest in that point in time but because of your the way you were brought up by society it's like no i have to take care. my value isn't taking yeah. care of other people and that's 
so hard to unlearn because it's a it's a nice thing to take care of others, you know? It's not it's not something you're like, "Ooh, this is bad. Don't ever do it again." But it's like, "No, it's it's good to take care of others, but it's on learning that at whatever cost it is more important. It's learning to take the pulse on your own like, yeah. How am I you feeling have to right balance now? You know, do I have the energy? Yeah, asking yourself, "Do I have the energy to do this?" And not just like scraping the last little bit of energy you right. had left that day. But if I do this, am I still going to feel okay afterwards? Or am I going to be burnt out and right. overwhelmed by the day? And that's so hard to unlearn, but it's that's so important fair, to yeah. do so. It would be to, you know, mm -hmm. to learn to not people please constantly where you can balance it and... yeah. It's not that people pleasing is bad. It's just like you you need to learn when when not to and when to like, you know, be a kind person and, you know, if you're if you have the spoons available to do that kind of thing, then hey, mm -hmm. great. You you have the spoons available to be an even kinder person than normal. But on the days that you're really struggling, yep. you know, you you're still a kind person, but you're you're taking inventory and saying like, no, today's today's for me. Like I need to rest and and not do other things mm -hmm. today. It is it's very important. Like we said, like I was saying earlier, there's a lot of things that are linked to ADHD that are not just ADHD. One of them is rejection sensitive dysphoria, which means that in your head everyone hates you just for breathing. So when you are prone to people pleasing and wanting to help and serve and nurture other people, well, sometimes the rejection sensitive dysphoria comes into play if someone feels like they're having a bad day automatically you might think oh it might be my fault therefore i have to double down even more on wanting to take care of them and like even though you didn't see them all day it's just you they're like maybe they're mad because i didn't talk to them like there's just yeah. breathing makes you feel like oh, I, I probably <laughs> breathe wrong like i chose i chose the wrong breathing pattern today um and that just reinforced even more wanting to be there for other people and wanting to take care of them and wanting to make everything better um so yeah it's it's a lot <laughs> it is a lot um so looking at your you know tiktoks and looking at your profile and things like that mm -hmm. i see there's a couple things on my profile that struck me and like i i started asking questions because i was like hmm this i i am curious what these things are so on the bottom of like your profile name and stuff it talks about things like EFT NLP and CBT can mm -hmm. you explain what that is to mm -hmm. uh the audience yeah so um there's without being a therapist there's some therapy strategies and techniques that you get to learn to be able to when it comes time to coaching and helping and understanding where your clients are coming from these are um strategies that you get to learn so i've been on a quest to um learn as much as i can to be able to be as good of a coach as i can be for my clients so in the past i took an eft and tft certification and i'm in midway through the master's certification but again it takes time because I have all the ADHD and sometimes I just forget to, <laughs> that I have videos to go watch. Um, EFD stands for emotional freedom technique. So a little bit like um, pressure points in acupuncture. Well, the theory behind it is that you have pressure points 
of energy throughout your body and tapping like with your fingers, like just tapping on certain points in a certain pattern can help alleviate or kind of rewrite certain limiting beliefs that you have. So there are routines that you get to do with clients. Um, the, the very traditional and very, um, general line that you'll hear a lot of the time is that you'll say as you're tapping different points is like even though I'm unfocused or whatever issues that you're working through like even though I'm unfocused and I'm a hot mess I truly and completely love and accept myself and that you tap certain points to help you kind of assimilate those uh, those thoughts while repeating it uh, so that's EFT uh, NLP is neurolinguistic programming. So it's how you, the words you use to identify problems or solution or um, even events um, are going to determine your perception of it. So the an example that is used very frequently to kind of understand it is like, for example, if someone wants to lose weight you're focusing on a negative thing. You want to lose, which is a negative, like you right. kind of want to get rid of weight. So the focus is on the weight and want to lose weight versus thinking about it like, I want to get stronger. Sure. I want to be fitter. And then you're focusing mm -hmm. on the positive thing that you want to see happen. So it's about how you address yourself, like your inner voices and what you, how you address your problems and everything like that and kind of rephrase it in a more... Um, in a way that is more beneficial for you. Um, so all of these acronyms are all different technique. Uh, CBT is cognitive behavioral therapy. So it's another way to kind of analyze what your, your thoughts affect your actions and kind of that spinning wheel of your reality. And the last one is uh, mental health um, specialist. And I'm taking as well one for a patient led um so to be able to better understand people that are through the medical system and to be a good advocate awesome. for patients so there's a lot of there's a lot of hats there but yeah. we have to also remember that adhd has a lot of forms and it's not just adhd there's you know other things at play as well sometimes it's depression mm -hmm. sometimes it's this and that and yes we are like you said earlier mm -hmm. we are more prone to things like depression or anxiety because of our adhd because yeah. we get so overwhelmed mm -hmm. that like it um is just one of those things where we have to be a little bit more cognitive of of those things because if mm -hmm. we get ourselves into those spirals Sometimes it's really hard to get out of when you're hyper focused on it. And, you know, you're literally that's all you think about all day is like, man, I feel like shit. And, you know, nothing mm -hmm. is going right. And, you know, this and that. And then you start hyper focusing on all the negative things and you can just spiral yourself. Yeah. And. A hundred percent. And you're stuck with just your perspective. That's the, the beauty of going to therapy or going to see a coach is having someone else's like kind of perspective that when you're spiraling to be like, Hey, you know, that that's not, that's not the truth, right? That's what right. you are seeing right now, but it's not the ultimate truth. How else can we address it and kind of pull you out? Um, and it's an important, I think, distinction to be as well. Like, even though all these strategies that are like, um, they are therapy strategies and technique, uh, gets to be learned by people that are not therapists, but that doesn't mean what I do in coaching replace right. therapy 
you know, therapy is its own thing and coaching is a, a whole different thing. But I think it's really important to be able to have as many tools mm -hmm. as you can uh, to be able to support yourself even and to be able to support um, other people around you or as what I do. I'm right. a coach. That's my job. So to be able to support as much and as I can my clients. Like thinking about that, it's like, okay, so in terms of therapy and coaching, it may be that mm -hmm. therapy isn't for you right? But maybe coaching is. Yeah. So maybe, you know, it's almost like therapy kind of where you can talk about it, but it's not as, you know, yeah. Well, there's different purposes, right? Therapy is about like, I like to call it um, little, little hurts from the, not little hurts, but things that happened in your past that change your perspective and that are still impacting you to this day. Therapy is there to address what happened in the past that is still impacting you and kind of healing those past traumas, those past um, events that kind right. of shifted your perception. As coaching, we're there to accompany you in that journey. So it's more in the present, looking to the future, what do you want to accomplish and trying to find strategies that are adapted. Having those therapy um, technique in your back pocket doesn't make you go to the deep of like what's the trauma because that's not the job and that's not right. what a, what a coach do and uh, that's reserved for therapists but it gives you a sensitivity uh, to what people are going through and it just gives you better tools to be able to um see the patterns especially like let, we're talking about like nlps and stuff like that when you hear your client talk in a certain manner you can be like oh they're focused on the negative so refocusing on the positive for the future plans would be a better option for them instead of like, we're not going to go digging like, oh, where does that come from? Yeah. Is it your mom? You know, we're going to go like, okay, this is what you have right now. Let's try to rephrase it and move forward with it. As in, in therapy, you're going to go heal where it comes from and try to yeah, shift Yeah, so it almost sounds like, you know, you could really do both at the same time and it could really be quite free. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Most of my clients do both. Okay, well, that's yeah. good. I Like even myself, I've always thought like, you know, it's more probably one or the other but you're making me realize that you know you could definitely do both it sounds like they obviously have 100%. two different purposes but for the same type of thing so mm -hmm. if anybody out there is is thinking yeah. about it or you know they they want to know more just reach out to uh the weirdo coach on tiktok and you know she can talk to you about it and yeah. maybe um you know she can kind of go over what she can offer you and kind of go from there Mm-hmm. I'm always there to help. And even if it's sometimes it's like, I know sometimes people are shy. I'd be like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to ask for help. And right away, she try to sell me on something. Like I'm, I'm the person who's like, hey, listen, I'll try to help you as much as I can in right. like a DM ability capability. But if I see that it's something more, I'm always there to kind of offer different solutions, yeah. what's available. And regarding the the financial situations of everyone, too, I'm always there to adapt and try to find what's best for everyone to be able to achieve uh, the goals. I think that that's good because, have. you know, obviously we know that not everybody can afford, you know, these crazy things and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you offering different types of solutions, I think, is super smart and it helps the, even the people that, you know, struggle financially um that need the help um you know you're mm -hmm. definitely in yeah. you know in their thoughts and trying to help them as well 
Yeah, well, that's why I, f I, I love TikTok because it's a free resources, right? And the other day, just for fun, I went on my profile, but on my desktop, and then you could see how many videos I had. And I started scrolling and I was like, holy <laughs> shit, I think I have over 500 videos on yeah. my page. So if someone don't have the financial means to hire a coach, like just mm -hmm. go scrolling, just go scrolling on the TikTok, like pick a profile that you like, it gets to be mine. I would be more than happy to help you out. But if it's another coach or another person that you feel really called to, go scroll on their profile, like go deep down because a lot of the time, like I made a video two years ago, but then in my head, I'm like, oh, I've already talked about right. this, even if it's been two years. So I might not talk about it for a while until I realize that I'm like, oh yeah, I haven't talked about this and people are asking me question. But go take a, go be a little uh, investigator down in the history of videos because you might find some yeah, good gems in like, there. Like um, anybody that's listening for sure, check out the Weirdo Coach on TikTok. Um, you know, if you're stopping by my channel, I always have some videos on there as well. And we have a couple other resources in the community as well that honestly, guys, if you if you're struggling with ADHD, you haven't been diagnosed yet, and you you know you have all these questions. Um, you know we have the Discord community, we have the Facebook community, and we have our TikTok family that you know we're all trying to in this together to to try and get more ADHD research done. And I think that was uh, one of the main purposes that I really wanted to. Uh, you know, kick off this episode was because I, I think that there's a really a lack in the terms of, you know, women based research. Mm -hmm. So I think let's let's push and let's really make it known that, you know, yeah. we want change and we want these things to be better researched because we, we want it to be fair mm -hmm. for everybody. It's not you know, it's not just men or it's not any gender specific. We just we really need to do better mm -hmm. in general. Yeah, inclusivity in research is so important because especially with the awakening nowadays of like gender identity and all of that, it's like, well, yes, there's a hormone portion, but what about the societal right. portion of how you were raised, what was like put kind of into you by society and just everything in between. So 100% for um, having as much diversity in research for cultures as well. Uh, should be a very should be something we push for more sure. for 100%. Well, in terms of raising awareness and at uh, and advocacy for for ADHD in general, but also specifically to women, uh, what do you think we can do to improve the awareness and understanding of ADHD in general and also specifically in women? Um, well, firstly, first to inform yourself as much as you are a a. a able to because it's depending on your level of energy or ability to kind of dig deep in understanding ADHD I think understanding um, from female perspective especially to have this kind of range this is something I kind of like to encourage people to do to observe what kind of um, what kind of information you are consuming and try to analyze the format of who's presenting that so if your whole bunch of information that you're getting on ADHD are all the same type of people, I would suggest to try to maybe find some variation in what you are presented. So either being for if you only have males to have women, to have people of color, to have non-binary people, to just try and see the, the whole spectrum of what it gets to be. 
Um, but more importantly, I think the huge thing we get all to do is in our day-to-day -day lives, when we have someone that is has question instead of pushing it away, instead of trying to be like, oh, we're all like this, to have that curiosity of ask them like, oh, you feel that way. Why do you think you have ADHD? And just go down these paths of conversation and awareness and um, open-mindedness to understand that ADHD can f come in so different forms and that they're all just as valid as the other one, you know? So just to, to be that kind of beacon <laughs> of light, <laughs> I like to say, in like your community, if you have yourself ADHD, to start talking a little bit more about it or if to be more open because the more open you are about your own ADHD, about your own journey and not hiding it, the more you're taking space as an ADHD person. So the more space it is creating for other people that might have ADHD or think they have ADHD or they're struggling, when they see you talking about it so openly, it makes them feel validated. It makes them feel seen, even though they might not be ready to talk about it. Um, it happened to me so many times, and it's part of the reason why I decided to become a coach. It's because I was talking so openly about my ADHD, my journey with medication, with anxiety, with all of it. And I had people that I didn't even know had ADHD, like pull me to the side and be like, hey, Lola, thank you so much for talking about ADHD in such a way that is like, no, it's not negative. It's not positive. It right. just is. Thank you so much for talking about ADHD that way because I have ADHD and I never talk about it because I'm so like shy or afraid or I don't know how to talk about it. But hearing you say all these things makes me feel better about it. And just that is worth everything oh, 100%. to me. Like you're, you're getting that. Yeah. And you're getting that affirmation that like you're actually helping people, which mm -hmm. is great. You know, like that's that's the feel good um, that's the dopamine for you 100%. as well is like you're, you're helping people with mm -hmm. all of that. Um, well, I think that was a very informative, uh, episode, just ADHD, um, not being researched mm -hmm. enough for women. I think we really need to do a better job of this. And I think the government needs to get their paws out of this and just really let, you know, mm -hmm. researchers and the people who actually need to do it, do it. And stop mm -hmm. gatekeeping this shit because we, we need everybody to have the resources available to them. Oh, 100%. Well, with that, I'm going to thank you very much for being here for an episode of Mind Mastery Education. Lola, it was a pleasure to have you on the podcast. And I hope that uh, you can join us again soon to uh, discuss some more topics. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was such a blast and I had so much fun being here. So, uh, of course, I'll try to be more on the podcast to talk about more things uh, ADHD. Awesome.